welcome to another episode of the musings of a sanguine Christian woman. I am Adeoluwa and um, like I, I had to say something because of um, what happened with the young lady who was killed. Um, of course they're saying allegedly like she went for a, a destination quote-unquote destination um, birthday party with for her friends and she didn't make it back alive and um, a video came out showing that her friends you know her friends killed her I mean they, they beat her to death like they just stood back and watched why one of them did the the job but hey they all did it one way or the other if you're not stopping something then and you're just there watching you're a part of it right but um i think what i want to talk about in the light of this is we have to review what friendship really is because it's very important that you understand what friendship is so you will not fall victim of evil you know people who just embody evil they choose to be the sanctuary or refuge for evil right um i won't say they're sick because that would be an insult to sick people they're not sick okay when you're sick you go for treatment so that is not a sickness that is just you choosing it's a choice to be evil and have murderous um intent against somebody it it must have taken a lot of planning for that to happen but the the sad thing about this that situation and i really feel for the parents of this young lady like someone just cut off in her prime like that um is that this story is not is very is more common than we care to pay attention to it's very very common it's just that today we now have video evidence to prove it when you are saying these things happen people just think you are exaggerating you know they'll be like uh uh-uh, nobody can be that mean must have added some things to it maybe this is what happened maybe this maybe but now with the video out and no i won't watch it i'm just i will not watch it i don't watch horror movies so if i'm not going to even watch fiction of something i wouldn't watch the the reality of it as the case may be because i don't know what that is going to change i think this is that's just something for law enforcement agents to work on and i pray that justice is served um as a deterrent although i doubt that would even be a deterrent because there are just some people that they don't care what happens to them you know as long as they destroy somebody that for them is like their life's achievement if their life ends with that they're fine with it you know so um 
<laughs> when I say some people embody evil, I, I am, that is an understatement, you know, because if I move beyond that, we'll start to go into spiritual stuff, you know, that some of us don't want to delve into, but one of these days we're really going to go there. And when it comes to the issue of friendship, again, there is no way you want to talk about friendship without talking about the person, the spirit in of a person. Now, a person can hi- either have the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit, you know. Um, whichever stays in that person is the one that person is feeding. So at the end of the day, it's always a choice. What kind of spirit... Yes, some people do get possessed. That is true, but being getting possessed is very, very rare. It happens, but it's not as common as those who actually know that they have an evil spirit in them and they glory in it. They're very happy. They see it as a, an energy boost for them, and they are going to do anything and everything to hold on to that evil spirit because for them it's like a superpower you can't tell somebody to relinquish something that for them is a superpower you might see it as evil but for them it enables them to to it gives them some level of power that yes they have they're going to destroy somebody and oh they have destroyed somebody you know for them it is their power and they will keep feeding it so one thing, um, the Bible says something very, very, the Bible is a very, for, for, for anyone who wants to be wise, you really, really need to read the Bible. Like, even if you don't read it as a religious book or as a faith book, you want to read it as a book of wisdom, just like any other book you read. Start from there. You know, or do I advise you that you put your body, soul, and spirit in it when you're reading because you get more from it? But if you're just going to read through it and learn, not just so that you can argue about the reality of Christianity or something, but because you want to learn life lessons that would help you scale through life with little or no um, injuries, as the case may be, then the Bible is the book for you as far as I am concerned and based on experience. Now, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, the heart of man is not just wicked. When when the Bible says man, it means both men, women, young and old. It's not not gender or age uh, uh, restricted. Let's put it that way. So a child can be desperately wicked. An adult can be desperately wicked. And when it comes to a child, this kind of situation happened, you know, during the growing up days of my mom. And even while I was growing up, actually, like, I don't think there is anyone who, who has ever not experienced the cruelty that a child can actually exhibit, whether it be your classmates, maybe your schoolmates, or even even from you yourself, you know, um, you, you see a situation where a child would just, you know, um, just take a pencil and just slam it into a child, unprovoked, you know, and they just do it and they have this mean look on their face, you know, 
And if someone catches them doing it, they'll just start to cry. Not because they're sad, but just to like say, hey, don't punish me. I'm still a child. But they can kill one another, you know, sometimes. Right? Um, and like the story I wanted to say, one that happened during the time, time of my mom where um, it was, you know, they've uh, the the exams have been done so and um you know students just come to school at any time and can leave at any time the gates were opened so there was no restrictions it was freedom and um three girls left the school were going somewhere an adult came along recognizes them of course but is closer to the parents of one of those girls and said where are you going and I said oh I'm just following my friend to go and pick something or take something or something or the other and the other said will you get back to school right now and he drove that one back to school leaving two girls to head on on their adventure well only one girl returned back out of the two girls that left and the girl kept saying they went to where they said they were going they went back home she didn't know what happened to her after they left and the whole community was like how can they a child just vanished among us like, like how and the girl was not giving any information she was like I didn't know anything about it like my mother told me that story when I was very young and you know how it is with children their their discernment is mostly very strong they can sense a person's spirit then you know you can be all smiley and everything and they would run away screaming from you you know, perhaps, and the reason they would do that is because you're, you're, you, you, there is a spirit within you that is not good. And then they will see somebody who is frowning and glowering at him that you better look. And they would gravitate towards that person. Because at the end of the day, children at their age, they're still they're still, they're still in the spiritual realm. They still operate spiritually. They're not, um, they're here, but they're, they're like their full self in the spirit. Their spiritual senses are still very, very sharp. So they feel presence. So if you have a presence of a good person, like your thoughts are good, you wish the best for people you think pure thoughts you know whatever is good whatever is pure whatever is of good report those are the things you think about you can look stand for all you care those babies are gonna come gawking at you grabbing at you grinning at you and you'll be like y'all should just leave me alone right now but they won't listen because they see the light within you but if you have darkness within you, you can smile for Africa if you want, but they're going to run away from you like they just saw the devil. And frankly speaking, they just did. 
if that girl was found, maybe she was found today, which is less likely considering the fact that this happened uh, maybe 40-something years ago, thereabout, decades ago. The girl was never found. The whole village, the whole community contributed money, went to soothsayers, herbalists, and so on and so forth, just to find this girl. Everything they knew, psychics and all, traditional uh, 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 um, wise men and so on and so forth, they went for all those people to like, where is this girl? They could not tell exactly where she was. They couldn't say whether she was alive or whether she was dead. or they, they just couldn't. And that's how this girl vanished. The last person to have seen her. Now, only God knows what would have happened if that adult didn't walk along. Because if the adult didn't come along, nobody would have asked that girl questions. The girl that did come back. No one would ask her questions. Because nobody saw them together like that. So, you know, nobody was paying attention. There's so many stories like that. Of schoolgirls going out. And horrible things happen. They get wounded. They get injured. They get killed. Or they get raped. Because they followed friends. The people they thought friends. Now here is what I'm trying to say. When it comes to the issue of friendship, you need to be very wise. You need to be discerning. And you need to have the strength to cut off friendships immediately. Like it's good to see yourself as a friend to somebody. But if there is one principle you have to learn about friendship is that the person you are friends with may not be friends with you. That is one fact. In fact, a truth that you have to allow settle in your mind that the person you are friends with may not be friends with you. The person you love as a sister, as a brother may not love you at all may have the opposite of love for you, which might be indifference or hatred or whatever. There are many reasons why a friend would suddenly, although I don't think it's suddenly, turn on an innocent person. But for me, those reasons are inconsequential. They're inconsequential. You know, your evil is your evil. Your good is your good. The difference between good people and evil people, there are many. But one difference that stands out in this issue is if a good person, my desire to have the kind of life their friends have, but by virtue of being a good person, they are too busy being happy for their friends. And for them, they see their friends 
good life as a sign that theirs is about to come. Like if he has come for my friend, my time is near. It can still happen for me. For them is a relief that oof, it happened for you. Thank God. Whew, I was about I was wondering if there was some sort of famine out there, but since it's happened for you, it's gonna happen for me. Like the seed as a testimony of what is to come for them. And they celebrate their friend, they celebrate the goodness in their life. And they do what they can on their own side to protect it for them. It's not because they don't want the same things, but they do not want what their friend wants at all, has at all costs. They want what they want their own. An evil person, however, would dislike anyone that is shining. Sometimes, the person shining may not shine as bright as them. But they don't want, they just want themselves to be the only one out there doing it while everybody worships them and begs them for favor. The fact that someone else has favor or you just, like, people can hate you for evil people can dislike you for no reason like they just don't like you why they don't know themselves they just don't like you it might be that your nose is prettier to them and funny other people might look at both of you and say the envying person has the prettier nose but they see your nose they like your nose and they wish they had your nose that they, your, your nose and then they they hate you for that they could for several a lot of reasons but again i don't think those reasons matter i think what matters is that is the person a good person and there are things you have to watch, watch out for. You cannot afford to be completely relaxed in a friendship because, you know, I think it's the Chinese. I don't, I'm not sure that say keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. It's that can be interpreted in many ways, depending on how you understand it and depending on who you ask. But the way I see it is this. When you're in the midst of your friends, you have to be aware that there is and there can be a Judas among them. And what is worse, or not only Judas, all of them may desert you. One will actually betray you, the others might desert you. They might not mean to hurt you, directly but they're scared and that's one thing you want to watch out for if you have a friend that is not loyal to you that is not that does not fight for you or defend you like when others are talking about you or anything they just laid back on brother could care less indifferent that is not your friend you love them is not enough reason to stick around them. 
that is not a reason to stick around them. There are people that are best loved at a distance. That you love someone does not mean that they cannot hurt you or harm you. There is Joseph and his brothers. They wanted to kill him. Ladies and gentlemen, they wanted to kill him. That was their intent. It is written in the Bible, check it, Genesis. It says, here comes the dreamer. Come and let us kill him. And let's see what we become of his dream. That was that was it. There were one or two. I think it was Reuben, Reuben and Judah. That sort of had a, you know, a change of heart or maybe they just it's not that they didn't envy their brother but they did not hate him to the point that they wanted him dead but then they were outnumbered among what 11 brothers it was Reuben's idea that they put him like oh he's our brother even as the eldest he was afraid because he was like they're outnumbered they could just kill him too The Bible says that he made a suggestion of, well, let's keep him in a pit somewhere. You know, let's not kill him. He's our brother. Like he tried to cajole them. And the Bible says his intent was later he will come back for him and then deliver him from his brothers and then give him back to their father. So somehow, somehow, he left the scene of the place. Maybe he went to go and get help. I don't know. Maybe he went to go and get people to, you know, uh, come around him in case his brothers get rough on him as well. But the Bible says when he came back, his brother was not there. And he was like, what? He was upset. He tore his clothes like, you guys have just finished, you know, him. Like, what is this? What did you do? It was Judah's idea that, oh, why should you just kill him? Let's just, I mean, let's make profit out of this. Let's sell him. And they sold him. The original intent was to kill him. That was the plan. So, ladies and gentlemen, if brothers can rise up against brothers, how much more friends? Or much less friends. You have to understand that life is a battle, and you, ha- but you also have to balance it in the sense that you can't be a complete hermit. That is no way to live. But at the same time, you have to step out of your comfort zone with caution and with utmost a, a high sense of security. You have to be wise. You have to be vigilant. Yes, you can love people. But be be, be careful to sample, to, to, to discern them. They will say something to you. And sometimes all you need, all you are going to get before things could really get deadly is just one sign. And what is that one sign? Maybe the way they look at you when you they thought you weren't seeing them. Maybe the way they treated you when you were in trouble. 
Look, I'll give you an instance. I had a, a an acquaintance that I liked, nice girl and all that, and we got talking. And um, one day we were, you know, um, cleaning. We were part of the cleaning. Um, we were asked to clean the school where we're at, and um, we stood on this um, very narrow. Um, um, block you know just to keep our feet off the mud so to speak we wanted to keep our feet away from dirt so we we stood on this block it wasn't that high but it was stable enough for us to stand on so along the line she swayed and she dropped into that mud and while she was dropping she pulled me and I stepped one foot on it and I was like why would you pull me down like that you know and she said something she said because she doesn't want to fall alone I'm sorry I'm sure some people have heard some things worse than that but and they heard that from the same person 10 years ago and they're still friends with that person now here is one thing you also should not do. Never underestimate people. Never assume and never underestimate. These are some of the ways that you keep yourself safe. Never assume, never underestimate. Be vigilant. And be security conscious. When she said that, I knew I was like oh so you don't want to fall in and she said yes now I didn't take it as a joke because everybody saw it and was like they were like ah why would you pull her down you know she could have done it in another way if she was falling she could have said please hold me help me so that I'm, I'm swaying so that I won't fall and I would have been glad to do so but instead she swayed on her own and her own and when she found that she could not keep standing she's like well she's going down she's not going down alone I'm sorry there is no way I will stay friends with someone like that I mean every other time she's a good person but you see here is the thing that was just falling into the mud. I don't want to know what else she will get herself into. That when she's falling, she will grab everybody around her and make sure they all fall together. So I stayed the heck away from her. I, I just bided my time like, okay, our time here is not, we're going to be through with this course and everybody would go back to wherever it is they came from or move forward from there. That was the end for it. It wasn't easy for me emotionally because I really liked her. All the friends that I stopped communicating with, I don't hate them. I don't dislike them. But they have become, I have seen that they would be a threat to me. No, they are a threat to me. And it would be foolish of me to ignore all those signs because I want to have friends. The question is, what kind of friends do I want to have? Is it true friends or 
Do I just want to have people I like around me? I still want friends, but I assure you, I'm going to go for people who have my best interests at heart and who are loyal, who are fearless, and they have a kind heart. Another thing is people that are fearful. Fearful people are not good people to have around you, I'm sorry to say. See, these are subtle things. They're very subtle. They're not, they're not the, oh, they're going to kill you and they threaten you with, with, the, with a sharp object every day. No. It's, sometimes it's just what they say and that is all the warning you are ever going to get before crap hits the fan. So if you want to live to tell the story, Pay attention to what is being said. Pay attention to the body language. How do they react when you tell them good news about yourself? And if you're somebody who dreams, you have a good dream life. Do you see them in your dream looking at you unhappy? So if you see them in your dream, looking at you in a certain way and you are actually scared in that dream, then you might want to keep your distance from them, like stay far away from them. Or you dream that they actually attacked you. Then stay away from them. Don't try to say dreams are foolish. No, dreams are not foolish. And even if the dream is foolish, it's better to be foolish than dead. Just saying. It's better to, you know, it reminds me of Caesar, Julius Caesar. You know, according to um, Shakespeare, the guy was warned, do not go out throughout this month. Like, I think it was in the month of March or something. Like, do not go out. Like his wife. So, um, the soothsayer said it. Like, three people said the same thing to him. And he was a man who, who knows the significance of this um, foretelling. So, he took heed and didn't go. Then his wife, you know, had this sacrifice made and all of that. And um, I think maybe she had a dream that she had a sacrifice done. And one of the sacrifices had no heart or something like that. And she told her husband, look, your life is in danger. Don't step out of the house until further notice. Now, those who wanted to kill him, they had planned it. And they were like, okay, so how are we going to lure him out? You know, it was his friend. The the word etu brute. It was his friend that was sent to him. Because he's the one who Julius would not suspect. So he was the best person for the job. 
He had been convinced that Julius Caesar was an enemy of the people and he needed to be killed. Don't ask me what Brutus' motives were. I really don't care what his motives were. I, I've tried to figure it out and no, I, I'm not. But I think there's an element of envy there. But he didn't have the, shall we say, the full-fledged hatred to actually kill Caesar. Because Caesar was a, a warlord. He was a powerful man. You can't just off him like that. <laughs> but even he had a time where his life was in danger. And stepping out of his house was going to be deadly for him. And so when they had had everything ready, it was now time to lure him out. And they sent his friend. You know, they sent somebody to him and he was like, Oh, uh, I've come to fetch you to the Senate. And he was like, Ah, oh, no, I'm not going to the Senate. And like, Oh, oh, you Caesar, blah, blah, blah. And here is another thing. Be careful of those who flatter you. Be careful. They're not friends. Anyone who flatters you is not a friend. Anyone who criticizes you all the time is not your friend either. Now, to Caesar, this person went, oh, Caesar, this, that, that. I'm, I don't flatter people, so I don't know how to really describe. But he flattered him. And Caesar opened his mouth and told this person the reason why he wasn't stepping out. And that is another thing. If you have a premonition from a reliable source that you should not do something the worst thing you can do is reveal it to anybody because if you do they will make rubbish out of it you the moment you doubt that warning it will be easy for that it will be easy to just lure you out and that was what happened with Julius Caesar he made by the time he told his friend, oh, this is what happened, this is what his wife saw, and he was like, ah, come on, Caesar. You're too powerful to be, to be, to allow a woman to tell you what to do, that sort of thing. And so they flattered him more, and then he lost his sense of reasoning. He forgot at that moment that all of these mornings were part of the reason why he, he was a victorious warlord he forgot all of that and it was like fetch me my coat for i shall go and his wife was like please we've talked about this but he didn't listen and as he was going he met the soothsayer and he was like hmm. and he said oh uh and and the soothsayer said oh behold the eyes of march or something like that and he said, well, March is almost over. And he said, well, it's not over yet. You know, so the, he, he said, well, it's like they tell you that don't go out until no, the end of November. And then you now, for whatever reason, you now decide to step out. And then you meet the person and he says, be careful. And you were like, well, but November is almost over. Well, almost is <laughs> not it is over anyway you know the rest of the story 
Caesar did not heed the warning and he walked straight into his death. There are many, many stories, both fiction and both real. And if you must have heard me say this, that fiction is actually, is either a revelation, an illustration, or a real life situation that has been that's dropped into the consciousness of the author or the writer. That's what fiction is. Otherwise, why would they write things like, this story has nothing to do with anyone dead or living? They had to write that caveat there. You know why? Because there are people who can relate to that story. Relate in the sense that it happened to them. It happened to someone they know. So before they get sued for telling someone's story, they're like, ah, this is fiction. But is it really fiction? It's best to learn from fiction like you're learning from history. Having friends is good. But you have to make sure that you have friends who feel the same way about you that you feel for them. It's not enough that you love them, that you care for them, that you would take care of them and all of that. The the same energy has to come to you as well. If it is less, stay away. And ha, one more thing. You see people that are always so quiet and secretive with you. Sometimes they are, they are so deep, they are an abyss, a bottomless pit. I don't like people that are quiet, they give me this, this ominous vibe. Like, if you are quiet to others, can you at least talk to me? Because we are friends. But they're secretive, they do things they don't tell you. And their excuses are, you know how it is, I don't talk much. Huh! Well, if they were going to finish you, they're not going to tell you either. Nor would they give you a hint. I don't want to hear or read of another story of a girl or a man getting killed by his friends. Or getting destroyed while the friends watch. So-called friends. I don't wanna I don't wanna hear that again. And that's why I'm taking this time to do this video. Believe me, or this not video, this podcast. I could be doing something else, really. I would rather do something else because when I hear something that is sad like this, I just wanna be in a somber mood. I don't wanna talk, I don't wanna I just wanna just observe a quiet time. A sober quiet time but I think I need to talk I need to say something and people have been talking and I'm I won't say I'm glad but it's comforting that's the word it's comforting to see that a lot of people understand what went down and they're not they're not letting go of this 
people are like saying justice must be served all the friends are going to jail the so-called friends they're going they're going to jail for murder and accessory to murder as it ought to be it won't serve as a deterrent because even while that is happening as we speak there are some people who are planning to do the same thing if not worse So I won't say watch your back. I'll say be careful where you put yourself. And if something doesn't feel good, like you want to do something, or you want to go somewhere, and you just suddenly have this fear, don't do it. Don't. Your life, don't don't think you can. What's the worst that can happen? I, I, I I'll be able to defend myself. Ah, don't. Don't put yourself in a situation where you have to fight. However, if you find yourself in that situation, don't just stand there saying a two brute. Fight back. Fight back. Summon the will to live. I say, you know what? No matter what, I am going to come out of this alive. Don't let fear cripple you and say, if you don't fight back, they will leave you alone. No, they will finish you. Fight back. With everything you have. You have. Call on God at that moment and he will deliver you. And once you get out of it, make sure that the people who attacked you, they pay for it. Don't you dare succumb to the, oh, I don't know what came over me. I was so angry. I was hurting. Ah, Don't listen to that. The only reason they're crying is that they had the chance to finish you, but they couldn't. If you let them go, they would do it again and they would do a more horrible job of it this time around. Don't. If you want to help somebody who has a, whose only response to solving problems is murder, then allow the system handle them. Because if they destroy you, they're not going to stop. They're going to... It's them gaining experience. They're going to move on to another person. And another person and another person. So the best thing you can do for them is make sure that they face the full wrath of the law. That way, they have a slight chance of learning to do better should they choose to. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's a rhetorical question. You can't really know, which is why you have to be very, very careful, very vigilant.
it is not out of place to be suspicious of the people closest to you sometimes like question the things they do question it in your mind it's not a crime to do that to question because they don't write it on the head that oh nobody writes it on the head that they have the ability to kill have you watched crime inc before these crime stories the people caught convicted for horrible murder do you see how they look very gentle when you hear them talk can't harm me fly but they killed people and then they'll be talking one by one like somebody who is weak and can't take five steps without breathing hard and probably they do but the moment they are ready to kill someone the, the energy where it comes from is like from the pit of hell never underestimate anyone never assume you know anyone well and always when you feel apprehensive about doing something going to a place seeing somebody then don't do it I'll talk more on this maybe when I'm a bit um, recovered from this latest sad event please take care of yourself and be safe Shalom